Hey, welcome once again. This is Al at Iron Dove. Dialogue is the key to reform. Access is the key to dialogue. At Iron Dove, you can find both. Come on down, sign up, talk it up, and let's see what we can figure out. I've been watching, uh, listening, reading all about this uh, business of extending the Patriot Act. And uh, there's a big brouhaha in the Senate. The Democrats are threatening to mount a filibuster, and the Republicans are being all angry about it. The Patriot Act is a very extensive piece of paperwork. It is at least 200 pages or so, and it's very detailed and encompassing document. It starts out, and now this was made a public law 107-56 by the 107th Congress on October 26, 2001, basically as a knee-jerk reaction to the events of 9-11. Now, obviously the events of 9-11 were tremendous and in historic proportions they were on the scale of something like Pearl Harbor really a huge event in American history. So to characterize it as a knee-jerk reaction is a little bit unfair, but in the same breath, it was. It was a, a knee-jerk reaction to this horrific event. In any case, the act reads, uniting and strengthening America by providing appropriate tools required to interrupt and obstruct terrorism. The USA Patriot Act of 2001. Public Law 107-56, 107th Congress, an act to deter and punish terrorist acts in the United States and around the world, to enhance law enforcement, investigatory tools, and for other purposes. Be it enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress, assembled. And they continue to a short title and table of contents. It ain't short, let me tell you. It's very extensive. I guess in the scheme of what some of these acts are, this may be considered short, but in my opinion, this is not very short at all. Now, the main titles, Enhancing Domestic Security Against Terrorism, Enhanced Surveillance Procedures, these are the main sections, Section International Money Laundering, Abatement, and Anti-Terrorist Financing Act, Protecting the Border, Removing Obstacles to Investigating Terrorism, that's one to be really take note of, Providing for Victims of Terrorism, Public Safety, Officers, and Their Families, Increased Information Sharing for Critical Infrastructure Protection, Sharing critical information, that's something to take note of. Strengthening the criminal laws against terrorism. Improved intelligence. Miscellaneous. You always got to be careful on the miscellaneous one. That's the catch-all, throwing the kitchen sink when nobody's looking act. You always got to watch out for those. So that's just the basic, you know, it's just a huge document. There's just no way that... Um, I or any lay person could know the details and specifics of all of this and really, I mean, you've got to study this thing and really be serious um, about just this act to really have the thing down. So it's difficult as a lay person, we're expecting our representatives to 
have done this homework, to read the at least 200 or so pages, to really know what they're talking about, to really know what they're looking at, to really be able to protect our rights. Now, this is something that, like I said, you know, somebody has to specialize in to really have a good handle and grasp on it. And why I say that is, is because let's step back for one second and look at the word terrorism. What is the definition of terrorist? In uh, a fascinating article, which you can find at a website called ict.org.il, and uh, ict.org.il is the Institute for Counterterrorism. In any case, there is a fascinating article written by Boaz Gaynor where basically talks about the definition of a terrorist. What is a terrorist? And let me read just the, the first little blurb on this article. The statement, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, has become not only a cliché, but also one of the most difficult obstacles in coping with terrorism. The matter of defining and conceptualization is usually a purely theoretical issue, a mechanism for scholars to work out in the appropriate set of parameters for research. However, when dealing with terrorism and guerrilla warfare, implications of defining our terms tend to transcend the boundaries of theoretical discussion. In the struggle against terrorism, the problem of definition is a critical element in the attempt to coordinate international collaboration based on the currently accepted rules of traditional warfare. Now that is really interesting because if you think about the concept of a terrorist, what is a terrorist? What is a terrorist? It, is it somebody who is a freedom fighter? Is it somebody who is trying to liberate a particularly oppressed group of people? I mean, what is a terrorist? How, do, how does one government identify a terrorist versus some other government? in a situation where it's not a conventional conflict between two giant superpowers or something. Is a revolutionary considered a terrorist? Are anarchists considered terrorists? Are freedom fighters considered terrorists? Are terrorists only people that purposefully target civilians? Are governments terrorists if they enact embargoes on other countries. I mean, what is a terrorist? So to have these kinds of far-reaching, intrusive laws designed to protect our freedom from these quote-unquote terrorists, you have to really think about the question of who are you protecting yourself from? And at what cost is this protection? In the United States, 
our civil liberties are protected by certain laws. We have certain laws that are that are very specific to our legal system. I mean, you get arrested, you get read your rights. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to, you know, not uh, say anything that can be used against you. You have all kinds of specific rights that are handled under the Miranda. And those rights are what enable us to have a free society because people can move about and live freely knowing that they have certain rights. The Patriot Act has circumnavigated certain of those rights in an effort to quote-unquote protect us from terrorists. Now that's not to say that there are some very bad people out there doing very bad things but living in a free society has a price and the price of having freedom is that there are certain inherent dangers to having a free and open society and those inherent dangers are that sometimes lunatics will do bad things do we then as a knee-jerk reaction to some lunatics doing bad things turn around and take away the freedom of a regular average American citizen do we allow the FBI to investigate people without due process to wiretap to read other people's emails to acquire bank records and telephone records and all kinds of things I mean think about some of the things that have happened in the history of this country that have moved us as a society forward the whole civil rights movement could have been considered by some people as terrorist acts you know there were the Black Panthers were a particularly difficult group to deal with they propelled certain aspects of that movement I don't agree with their methods but you know what they were fighting for freedom they considered themselves freedom fighters were they terrorists in some ways depends on how you define terrorist they hurt innocent people it was wrong could dr. Martin Luther King be considered a terrorist the FBI certainly had a huge file on him Malcolm X huge file on him but these people propelled an entire group forward in the in the process of evolution as humanity to a place of equality and I mean there's still a lot to be done but you know what we've come a very long way since the 60s in these areas and we have because there were people who were willing to sort of buck the status quo and move in a direction that they believed in did that make them terrorists you know when there was violence used I think that in some cases it was very wrong but you know what I'm looking at it from one side of the coin completely removed on the other side of the coin those people were looking at their people being humiliated being hurt being killed being discriminated against you know so you know it all is a matter of how you look at the thing 
I can only assume that a small nation who is suffering under an embargo situation, sanctions that were placed on them by the United States, where their people are suffering and they have a lesser quality of life, feel that it's a political terrorism. Is it, is it one any worse than the other? People are still being hurt. People are still dying. People are still, you know, suffering. In this particular article, um, and I urge you to go and look it up and read it because it's really interesting. It's about 17 or so pages. He's quoting another book. There's a book called Political Terrorism, Schmidt and Young. They cite 109 different definitions of terrorism, which was obtained in a survey of leading academics in the field. They ask respondents to uh, answer the following question. What issues in the definition of terrorism remain unresolved? And some of the answers were the boundary between terrorism and other forms of political violence, whether government terrorism and resistance terrorism are part of the same phenomenon, separating terrorism from simple criminal acts, from open war between consenting groups, and from acts that are clearly rise out of mental illness, is terrorism a subcategory of coercion, violence, power, and influence? I think that's probably one of the most interesting. Can terrorism be legitimate? What gains justify its use? The relationship between guerrilla warfare and terrorism, the relationship between crime and terrorism. So you kind of get the idea of like how just huge this concept of terrorist is. Now, I'm not sure that the Patriot Act, in its 200 pages, could possibly handle, I mean, it would probably take more than 200 pages just to talk about each and every one of these specific little points of what are some of, some of the major unresolved issues in defining terrorism. And I'm sure there are many, many more. Violence, power, and influence. Now that one I think is very interesting because the whole concept of terror talks about intimidation. It talks about causing one person or one group of people to feel threatened. And what would make one feel threatened? Let's see, here's a dictionary definition of terror. Extreme fear. The use of such fear to intimidate people for political reasons. A person or thing that causes extreme fear. So the definition of terror in general is about fear. The origin is from Middle English, meaning to frighten. So terrorists frighten people, but I'll tell you what, the federal government's frightening me. Do can I consider them terrorists? This act, the Patriot Act, in, in the way that I have read the bit that I've read and been able to, to 
glean from newspapers and other experts, is such a far-reaching power with so few controls that it's ripe for abuse. I don't have particular problem with this government protecting our borders and, and things of that sort. But I do have a problem with extending authority to eavesdrop and spy and order records on people without due process, without, you know, American citizens have rights. And those rights should not be removed out of a knee-jerk fear because by removing those rights, they are instilling fear in just average people. Okay, this is getting long, and I'm going to leave you with that. The government is instilling fear in average people. And I'm going to come back tomorrow and finish my little blurb here on the Patriot Act because I want to uh, keep these things reasonable to listen to. So come on down, sign up, talk it up, and tell me what you think, and we'll finish up tomorrow. Till then, this is Ellen Iron Dove signing out.